the Washington State logo, Connor, is, I think, the most, this will either work or this really won't logo, maybe in all of sports, certainly in college football. How do you feel about this three letters that somehow transform into a cat? A I cat? love it. You love it? I think it's a great logo because half the half of logo it's a really hard needle to thread to put meaning into a design yeah so half the time it ends up being really corny right mm-hmm. when you try to put meaning into something it just kind of misses and you know if someone if a bystander is looking at you know they don't know that the washington state logo has the wsu in it uh they'd be like oh that's an interesting choice of cat but it's not ugly it's actually kind of cool looking mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm head logo head mascot there um but the meaning just makes it 10 times cooler so i love when you can pack it in there and do it tastefully there's a ton of examples um that because we partner with over 180 institutions i will not name uh (laughs) ones that are not done thoughtfully or uh tastefully i should say maybe they're thoughtful but not tasteful so i i personally love um the washington state logo i love that it's old it's like i'm doing quick math here i think it's like 85 years old or something like that a little older than that and it's also it, they've they've had to tweak it do you know what the original logo looked like it was wsc wasn't it Is that's that... correct mm-hmm. yes yes so so when they changed from washington state college to washington state university very cleverly figured out how to alter the c and the s to just uh get more of a u and that was also i think when they added the whiskers yeah really the whiskers are a great well. touch yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um it's also it's also very much like I think logos have to fit the school that they go with. And there's mm-hmm. something about this logo that's like it's so quirky and it's so sort of like unpolished is not the way I want like that's an unkind word for it, but it's sort of like feels uh it's not sanitized yes 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 it's not sanitized it doesn't feel like oh we ran this through several marketing committees and tests Mm -hmm. it's just sort of like this is the like weird creativity that fits a lot of what washington state fans washington state sports like it just i love it it just goes together so nicely and it's so recognizable when you see and we talk about it on this episode when you see it you're just immediately on game day of the flag. You're just immediately like, mm-hmm. yep, that's Wazoo. I just know it. Just immediately yeah. triggers. They've done an unbelievable job as a, not just a university, but as a, a fan base of, you know, I'm not from the Western part of the United States. And it like stunned me to realize how small of a public institution it is. It's a public yes. institution, right? But their brand far outweighs, um, their size Mm -hmm. which is really notable i mean for a school it's not near a big city you know has rivals much bigger than it uh and of course i mean that's always backed up by the play and there's like recognizable styles of play which i'm sure you get into in the episode too but yeah they've they've been a really fun fan base to interact with they were some of the most vocal for a long time about us getting home field or us getting washed home field getting washington state licensing Mm -hmm. yeah um and and they backed it up on on, uh, sales uh for sure when we launched so yeah, the Washington State fans, they're one of those ones that always stick out in my brain. You know, every you explore this in the podcast, right, that every fan base, there are different quirks but at the same time. Like we're kind of all the same to a degree, right? <laughs> we're all broken we, in similar ways. Yes, we think everybody thinks they're the most cursed fan base that yeah. like 
God hates their football team more than others, which is only true for me, actually. But everybody believes that. And so, you know, it's hard to find something like truly unique or just uh, distinct about a fan base um, in a lot of ways. And you do a great job with every episode pulling that out. But Washington State in general, I feel um, from my vantage point, they just feel they're they're really passionate and they're like ferocious about Washington state, but they've, they're also very kind people. But if you uh, say a bad word about Washington state, you're going to get it. And I love that. (laughs) I I really love that about them. Yes. They, I, uh, maybe as much as any school that I have talked to this season, they know what makes them different and they love what makes them different. Mm -hmm. And they're not really interested in sort of like, sanding off those edges or trying to conf- like there's no point you don't you don't go to school in pullman so you can be like everybody else you right just don't and and that's that's what makes college sports so great are the characters like yes. that right i see yes. from my vantage point with home field you, you see all these brand i hate saying brands for it but characters like there's distinct personalities and, and they're one of the ones that that stick out and they they add that flavor to college sports to your point it's not sanded off it 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 makes it so unique um, and which is like what sucks about realignment, right? We all have been mm-hmm. saying this, right? But um, I hate that they were one of the schools left holding the bag in some, yeah. in this way, right? Yeah. Like I just, yeah. I love everything about Wazoo. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about what we have to expect coming up from yeah. the, from our fine teammates over at homefieldapparel.com. Yeah, so we just wrapped up in September, game of the week, um, just highlighting a few games we thought were interesting for various reasons, dropping mini collections with them. Uh, this past week, we dropped a Campbell Camels collection, which that's mm-hmm. always a good time to go back to our roots of really unique mascots. There was a camel dunking a basketball, a camel um, with one of, an old leather helmet, which has holes in it for its ears, of course. Sure, um, sure. <laughs> With a football trailing it, I don't know how it plans on catching the football. I I like just the simplicity of I think it's the crew neck that just says camels on it. Like camels, just, we- <laughs> just wear that around and and make people wonder. Like, what the hell is he wearing a camels sweatshirt? I love camels, and, yeah. and you can definitely find camels in um, w- environments where you would need a sweatshirt. Sure, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah, we we killed it in that way. Uh, we also had a Miami of Ohio shirt drop last week, too, of a Red Hawk playing hockey. Um, Krista, my my co-founder and wife, went to Miami of Ohio. And we haven't done much for Miami yet, so that was fun to roll it out. But uh, nothing really coming this week. I'll, we're getting, taking a little bit of a break after a hectic six, eight weeks. But coming up later in the month, we have, we're debuting something we're calling the Homecoming Series. So... I won't say what's in the homecoming series yet. Just know it's drops for 40, 45 plus schools, unique product. Uh, it's going to be really exciting this last half of October. So I'm excited to roll that out. Okay. Uh, I'm going to spec. You can just speculate wildly then audience. You mm-hmm. can decide it's whatever you want it to be. Yes, that's right. It's permanent tattoos at the home field facilities. Just go. Yeah. List and you can get any, any college tattoo. We've you paid for four tattoos for people who. Got you know what? You, I, you know, I was as, as you say that, I'm like, wait, this. There is an element of truth to this, so mm-hmm. never mind. Never mind. It's not speculation. We went, if it's we real. went mid 2000s Ohio State. Anyway, uh, <laughs> without further ado, we have three lovely guests here to talk to us about 
the very special, very different experience of being a Coug. I am Brian Floyd. I'm a graduate of Washington State University about 15 years ago now, and I covered the team for, I don't know, in person. It was probably about six, seven, eight years, and I've kind of been involved in the Washington State media and athletic um, circles for a really long time since I was in school. My name is Kareth Burke. Go Cougs! Attending Washington State University was one of the best decisions of my life. I love that school. Go Cougs till I die. My name is Craig Powers. Uh, I am a Washington State alum, 2007. Uh, I host the podcast versus everyone podcast. It's a WSU theme podcast. I also have a lot for a long time helped with the blog CougCenter.com. What is Cougar Gold and what <laughs> makes it very special? Sir, that is one of the best cheeses on the planet. It is a $33 canister of cheese, which ordinarily comes with a lot of hubris, right? How mm, sure. dare they? But it's limited edition. I think they only make about 200,000 canisters a year. They age it for a year. We're talking about the fine wine of cheeses. <laughs> it's also just a point of pride, too. Like, it's what you get people as a gift for Thanksgiving or Christmas. The cheese is in the mail. And it's delicious. It, and and it is like the name is not a lie like it feels like having a little nugget of gold to get it from what i understand yeah yeah it's a pretty precious commodity um one of those things like you can put it in your freezer or it's it, it's very tradable yes it's very much like <laughs> your cheese for the season and when everyone's our, delighted to get it when the economy collapses those who have cougar gold will be in good shape i think so too cougar gold is the flagship uh, cheddar style cheese uh, from the WSU Creamery, uh, which is most famously represented by an ice cream cheese store called Ferdinand's on campus. Um, it it is unique in that it has this kind of funky flavor to it that was accidentally found, like accidentally created, um, and. They liked it so much that they just kept it, and they just made it that way for uh, decades. And it's a source of pride for Washington State alums. You know, obviously, you got the the cougar head on the uh, on the can. We all have, most of us have it in a fridge in the basement, aging. Most of us have some in the fridge at, at any time. Um, we all know that it's the best place to get it is in Pullman because the markups in other parts of the state can be. Twice, three times as much. Um, so it just makes going to Pullman even more special because you can you can get it for the normal retail price instead of what they sell it at, at your favorite local fancy store. Um, so yeah, it's just a it's it's cheese. You know, we're we're a we're a land grant university, so we have a creamery mm -hmm. and, and we have cows and 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 that's that's kind of our, our biggest point of pride from that that part of that. Cougar Gold is uh, arguably, and there's a, a very passionate like section of college, it's not even athletics, college creamery supporters that will argue who has the best cheese in the land. And they all have good arguments. I've, I have just Penn State's up there. There's a lot of different schools. But anyway, it's, uh, it's aged white cheddar cheese that they make in-house at the local creamery um, that they have on campus. They've been making it for I don't, probably about a century, it seems like. And they make an amazing cougar gold and then a couple of other different types of cheese. And it comes in a large um, tin. It's like a pound or two pounds of cheese in a circular tin 
that looks like a it could be like, a piggy like bank something else floor, floor like floor varnish or something is what you would yeah exactly it looks like a giant hockey puck like on steroids so you get cheese in this you have to open it with a can opener and you get a big wheel of cheese so it's cool is is this like a particular point of pride for washington state fans having this excellent hockey? oh absolutely it's it's cheese that even like rivals and other schools and people will agree that is a particular like special thing they can be like we hate your school we hate everything about you but that cheese that cheese is really good the other identifiable thing about washington state publicly is the flag showing up at college game day and i'm curious what does that tradition mean to fans of this school it started as um just getting in front of espn's face and saying hey how come you haven't come to pullman uh it was in 2003 when the team was good and and on a run of uh three straight 10 win seasons uh but then it just kind of morphed into uh a sense of pride, no matter where WSU is, it, it's you know they they put that flag up when Paul Wolf was the coach, and there were one and two win seasons. It, it it's just something that every uh, most WSU alums wake up and they spot it on game day, even if they don't watch game day, they'll spot it on game day, and that starts your Saturday. It it. It's just something that it kind of embodies this kind of uh, Cougs versus everybody spirit that we've we've adopted mm -hmm. this year. Um, and I'm wearing a shirt that says it, but it's you can't really see it. But um, <laughs> uh, it, just because it, it was something that was so organic and 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 homegrown, you know, just it was it was one alum decided, hey, I'm going to start doing this. And now there's a whole network and people donate to it and people volunteer to carry the flag where, you know, they, there's like a whole logistics yeah, element yeah. to it, right? Yeah. I think, you know, you know, famously we saw that, 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 that part of that when uh, it was a few years ago, I think the game day was in Arizona and something happened with shipping and, and it almost didn't make it to, and there was like a big deal. Uh, but yeah, the, the, there's, there's money spent. To, to to get this thing <laughs> like there, there's there's money required to get this thing um i think you know we, we've seen maybe some pushback from pat mcafee on on uh on game day and he almost seems to lack the understanding that it's not espn putting that flag on there it is wsu alums bringing that flag shipping it around the country and it is it, every year it's the same flag shipping around the country they, it's not someone grabbing a flag out of their out of their garage um, so it just, it just shows that, uh, when, when, when WSU alums are pissed off about something, uh, they'll, they, they'll, they'll want to put their, that logo in your face and be like, we exist. Remember that we exist. And I think it's, uh, it, it, it's really exemplified lately, uh, obviously what we've gone through this year and, and that flag was just kind of what, what that attitude is about. And, and now it's just, you know, this is something that we do. And it's it's honestly become so recognizable. And it's added to, you know, some of the prestige of the university. Because everyone, I taught, you know, I used to live in different parts of the country. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, like Washington State, they have that flag. Every, mm -hmm. like, how do, and then they ask you, how the heck does that happen? Like, why don't other schools mm -hmm. have flags? And um, so, yeah, it's it's a really fun, it's a fun thing. And, and we obviously when game day uh, came to Pullman. That was a really big deal. And 
everyone had flags and so, so it was like the mo- most flags you'd ever see um so yeah it's it's a fu- it's a fun thing um and we'll we'll see how how it goes you know now wsu alums kind of fighting with game day a bit over that right. but but uh i i think it'll continue regardless and because now it's they're at 292 in a row it's that they're, they're not going to stop anytime soon yeah i mean and to your point like this is not a thing that Cougars fans only do when the team is having success right. when the team is good. Like we're like through bad seasons, bad coaches through COVID, like through all of it, they have figured out a way to keep, to keep yeah. this tradition going. Yeah. Truly one of the, one of the only thing, like one of the things that got us through those, the, you know, four win or nine wins in four years, all that is every Saturday, you know, the, the team was going to get beat by 50 points, but you wake up and there's whatever, you know, hundredth game in a row, whatever uh, it's on there. And ESPN mentions WSU every, every day, even though WSU is mm-hmm. maybe the worst team in the country. So, like, um, so it was nice to have something positive to talk about during those times. And, and then it right. be, you know, then it, it's even, it's nice when, WSU is playing well. They're talking about WSU, and that flag is flying in the back. It's 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 even more special. It's just kind of a reminder. On Saturdays, you would wake up and you would see the flag, and that you're part of kind of the college football universe. The flag was a thing where no matter what, no matter how good or bad Washington State's been, the flag just shows up, and it's really like a the work behind it, and it's a logistical feat, and a it's kind of magic the way that they make this all happen. It's all a point of pride to us. And so we realize the work it takes to get it there and you see it every week and it's just become a, you know, it became a thing where we were bad and we needed something good. And then it became a thing to encourage ESPN to come to Pullman. And now it's, they've been to Pullman. We're just going to keep showing up because that's kind of what we do and we're programmed to it now. So it's a big point of pride and a cool thing to see on Saturdays, no matter how good or bad we are, there's always a reminder that we're still here and we're not going away. When I see the flag, it makes me think of all the good times I had at school. First, it's also the logo itself. Who mm-hmm. thought that a W, S, and a U could be fashioned into what we believe looks like a cougar head? So it's oh, it's very, it's very good. It's very, very good. It's just a very distinct logo. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the best part about sports is streaks and nostalgia. And this flag has been f- uh, flying at game days since 2003. And it's just the coordination that it takes among Wazoo fans, the dedication to get that thing up in the air and to be seen. You know, I think people who went to Wazoo have a chip on their shoulder. It's this really small ag school. It's in the middle of nowhere, Pullman, Washington. We just, sometimes we feel forgotten and and maybe we feel forgotten in the, the realignment stuff that's happening right now. So when you can be seen, that feels special. It's kind of like Ryan, when I travel, I like to put a little cougar patch or pin on my backpack. And mm-hmm. if I'm in the airport, if I see somebody wearing Wazoo stuff, go Cougs, like loudly. I don't know them, they're strangers, but go Cougs. And I like when people say that to me. So it's about being seen. As you said, Washington State fans, that they do have a chip on their shoulder. And I'm curious how that is helping or hurting or just informing the experience of being one of two schools with Oregon State, who's very, very much getting left behind in this latest shuffle. Yeah. 
the tradition of football and basketball has been pretty good at Wazoo. I would, I mean, the same, it's all cyclical, the same with what's going on with Oregon State. But because Pullman and Corvallis are not major metropolitan areas, I know we get forgotten. I don't want to speak for Oregon State fans, but I see some similarities there. You know, you're not along I-5, you're not along the 101, you're not really seen in the same way. All of this to me goes back to being seen. There's also some reporting that the former commissioner, Larry Scott, hated going to Pullman, would mm-hmm. take off on his private jet as soon as possible. So it's just, I don't know, you either like or love Pullman. And I freaking loved it there. But yeah, with realignment, with being left behind, I mean, I think back to the time when I was at school there and it was 10 win seasons for the football team. Um, And I know when football starts to fall off, you can be forgotten a lot, but there are so many other great sports and great athletes that need to feel the love that need to be supported. So I'm heartbroken over this realignment stuff. I mean, I was reviewing what Jake Dickert said about finally TV money comes for us all. It, it, It fractures everything. Um, and who would have thought five years ago, the Pac-12, the Conference of Champions mm-hmm. would be no more. I've definitely seen um, some factions of the the fan base that have always advocated for WSU to go down a level, um, go down the Mountain West. I, I think there's some maybe some lack of understanding of why WSU is above some of those mountain west teams in terms of that television revenue and 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 investment in the programs that leads to that um so i think there's that faction that have always kind of thought this and so they they're not as affected uh but but the, the there's there's also this idea that because we are so behind in uh in revenue and funding that this is going to be a significantly harmful thing to the university as a whole. And so it almost makes it worse like that knowing that we were the underdog, but what was propping us up as being still on that elite level of schools was the membership of the PAC 12, the revenue we were getting from uh, television and, and media now taking now the risk of taking that away are the university is already in uh, poor financial shape. The athletic department in particular is in poor financial shape and the university, you know, we're already looking at a university can, might have to kick in money to that and, and all that. So we're seeing that is not just an impact on the athletics, it's impact on the university as a whole. So, so yeah, like those of us that were aware of the like underdog mentality before, we're also aware of, what was feeding into why us, why we were able to still compete. And part of that was the equal sharing from PAC 12 revenues mm-hmm. that that's what it, that's what enabled WSU to build its facilities in the early 2010s and hire Mike Leach and, and bring, you know, bring up the, uh, the football program um, and really bring up the, the prestige of, of the athletic department overall. And now we're kind of seeing that being taken away uh, that's that's scary and and it's sad. It, you know, it just we we've always known. I always think about uh, when I was choosing where to go to school. Um, it was it was UW and WSU because they were. I grew up in Washington State, so it was UW and WSU, and so because I wanted to go to a school with um, high level athlete, college athletics. You know, mm-hmm. and we call yep. it, we didn't call it Power Five back then. We call it Power Five now. But 
But yeah, so that was a big part of why I went to WSU is because I knew I could go on get, you know, I have big college football Saturdays, big college basketball games, all that stuff. And to have that be a part of the culture at the university. Uh, I, I think back to like if, if WSU had it been, you know, in the, in the early sixties, uh, when this conference kind of came back as how it is now, if WSU was not included, um, WSU might be like Idaho or, you know, sure. or Eastern Washington or, or, or something like that. So yeah, it's, and while we we've had this mentality for so long, it, just knowing that's that's more of an awareness of our place in the world, and 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 knowing that and what's keeping us there, yeah, it's it's a bit scary. It's a very it's sad and 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 uh, not something. It, it's been something. You know, our our podcast we took a we took a, a little hiatus during the summer because my my podcasting partner and I just didn't want to talk about this stuff. Like it was, yeah, it didn't seem yeah. like a, a fun topic. Um, but we've come back. People are, you know, could you please talk about it? But like, it's, yeah, it's like, uh, uh, we needed some, you know, come back to the football team being good has, has helped. And, and now there's something yes. else to talk about, but, but yeah, yeah. So, uh, to answer your question, I guess it's just really, no, it, it hasn't helped me, but I, I do think, I did, I do think there's a portion of fans in it that already had that mentality that we were a mountain West school. And so it's been helpful to them. It's not, we're sad we were left out. What was us and you that it's the exact opposite. It's Washington state state has spent so long and particularly in the last 15 years or so, but even before that, um, always being behind financially, just who we are. Like it's a smaller school. It's a land grant school. Oregon state is the same. That's why we relate very well. And so we've, always been told you need to be better play catch up and we've invested heavily well above our weight class to do that and i think they've done it admirably both at washington state and oregon state spending the kind of money and doing the kind of things to really show that they're a uh, that they belong in in um a power conference and that they belong in high level athletics not to mention that they they tend to be the ones that are doing more with less so we have both us and Oregon State, and I'm going to lump them in with us, we have football teams that punch above our weight class. Mm-hmm. We should not be this good talent-wise. But also then you go down the list. Washington State has a ranked volleyball team that's on a tear right now. They're in the top 10. They have a wonderful women's soccer team that has been now built into a perennial NCAA power, a women's basketball team that made the NCAA tournament last year. And so, like, as you we're got, told... You've got Shania Twain's attention. Yeah, like we have, you know, Washington State is always kind of in the conversation with all these, and it was part of the deal with these conferences. They were like, okay, you know, you need to show up and really invest in your sports. And Wazoo was like, hell yeah, well, all right, we'll do that. And we've shown that we have the record and the investments and the talent and the drive to belong. It's just really that, like, we're Pullman, we're small, we're not going to be the biggest money maker, and so we're looked at in a certain way despite performing how we do. And so when – um the discussion gets when essentially we're powerless in our performance and what we've done and all that just doesn't matter because they look at it and say, well, you're Washington state, you're Pullman TV networks don't want you. Um, the fans don't really take a woe is me approach. They take a middle fingers in the air and we're just really mad approach. Is, is there some degree to which Wazoo is used to feeling this way? Wazoo is used to feeling like unacknowledged, unappreciated, hated on like, is there it's, something about this that is not new? Yeah, no, it's, I think it's, it's part of the history. Washington State has always been, um, and this is part of the reason I think that a lot of the other teams in the conference, particularly USC and things like that, 
where they don't like traveling to Pullman. They don't like dealing with Wazoo because we are a spite-based organization at heart. And so is Oregon <laughs> State, where even when we are bad, we want to be the – we want to blow up your season. We want to make your day miserable. Uh, we want to remind you that this is how we do things. And even some of the worst Washington State teams would make some of the best teams in the conference just have the absolute worst day that I've ever seen – They'd get run by 40 points the next week, but for one week, it would be miserable. And so Washington State has always been kind of the smaller place that's looked down on, and we take it as a point of pride more than anything else. We don't have the money you do. We don't have the you know, resources, everything else, but we can sure make your life a living hell, and that's pretty fun. It's, it's really steps for WCU's always been the, you know, the, the poorest school in the Pac-12, uh, you know, we're out in the middle of nowhere. It's hard to recruit all that stuff, but often, you know, in there's a lot of circumstances where WCU is punched above its weight in, in, in football and in, in a lot of, you know, a lot of the women, women's sports like soccer and volleyball, where they, they've had really prominent programs where, where really there, there's no, if, reason why they should you know in, in terms of resources uh they're often 12 out of 12 so uh it, it it's it's always been that sort of underdog mentality and that no no one's no one's helping us uh so it's just us versus everyone and now it's just amplified by that it really it really is at this point you know it's uh you know we we have this nice um brotherhood with with Oregon State going on right now um but but still you know the the mentality of yeah they left us behind now it's Cougs versus everyone and and you could see the 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 coaches the athletes playing with there's something about how they're playing this season in all the sports that there's a there's a chip there and and so I think it's it's become something that the university has embraced, whereas it initially started as kind of a fan, um, a fan thing, and now it's now it's really it's 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 obviously it's it's all it's in all the all the media that's produced from the university, and and I really think that that the uh, athletes are embracing it as well. So it's it's been really interesting to see how that's grown. So what are the expectations at this point from the fans for the football program? given this upheaval, like, is there even a set of this is what we would like to see from the Cougars in the next few years? Or is it too early to even establish that? I think it's kind of nice right now because everybody is generally happy with where the football program is. We have a coach who is likable, um, which is a big change. We even with the last two coaches we've had, there has been some sense of polarizing within it all, particularly with the last one with Rolovich. But Right now, we have a coach where everyone is rallied behind him, particularly in this very instance where they're in a bunch of conference upheaval and all that, and he has got everyone bought in, both the fans and his team, bought in. And, into the, athletic, what and the athletic department, like being yeah, on the same like, page with them. Everybody is bought in, and it's like it's kind of a nice feeling right now where I don't, I haven't thought about next year just because I don't think any of us know. And so we're just looking at this year, like, all right, let's go race hell and have some fun. And treated it as if there's no tomorrow and honestly whatever happens happens they could get anything can happen in this next off season and so we're just living in this next couple months and i think that's probably a pretty healthy thing to do i think they just want to take care of their business and say look we are here we are good don't forget about us see us it always comes back to see us and just for the team as a rallying point you think we can't do this you think we're little brother watch us here you go 
a few. Mm-hmm. I think there's um, not a lot of WSU fans that expected the team to come out and play this well um, through the first four games. Um, and, and there's this kind of thing where WSU's always always has its best teams when everyone else is good in the conference. I don't, I don't know why, but, mm-hmm. um, but, but yeah, going forward, one thing um, from a fan perspective, we've been quite, you know, we've seen sellouts of the stadium pack stadium and every time it's like, is this ever going to happen again? Or it, cause WSU opted cause Pullman is so hard to get to and very few hotels. It's, it's very hard to stay there for, uh, you know, a weekend or even one night. Um, it's really what drives the big games is often the opponent as much as WSU. Um, so, you know, Wisconsin was big and, you know, Oregon State came in ranked. And um, but, you know, they have Arizona coming for homecoming and they have yet to sell that game out. And that's in two weeks. And you have a top, you know, number 13 team in the country. Um, I worried that the the football team will suffer from not having that atmosphere because they're playing Fresno state or San Jose state or, or, and, and the crowd, you know, teams we've often played in the non-conference schedule and not had packed out crowds. And I, I, it doesn't seem like they'll suddenly uh, uh, be, you know, packing out the stadium. As far as the football team, I expect, I would expect recruiting to become a lot more challenging. WSU's players often they're beating out Mountain West schools simply because of their Pac-12 affiliation. Um, and once you strip that away, it, it's it 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 just that's just one less piece of uh, that you have to attract players. Because even that that's part of what the players now are saying is they kind of feel offended like you're telling me i'm not a major conference player anymore and so there's there's that writ there's that risk and there's worry of if wsu is no longer in a top top end conference next year that the portal is going to be hot like there's going to be a lot of players entering the portal going to look and finding you know major conference competition um so we while we haven't been thinking about it too much because mainly we just don't want to talk about it. Uh, but that mm-hmm. I think that's what's on a lot of Coug fans' minds is that going forward, it's going to be you know a, that much tougher to recruit players in a place that's already tough to recruit players. And the players you currently have, the, your top players, may be looking to go somewhere else uh, to, to stay in one of the power conferences. A term that gets thrown around a lot on game day and in other places is the Palouse, the geographic area in which Washington state and Idaho uh, exist. I've never been there. And I'm wondering, can you just describe this part of the country to people like me who have never visited? It is. And this is not actually the place for it, but it's that old windows XP desktop of wheat fields is what it looks like the old <laughs> rolling. It's so the green exactly hills and windows. XP. So like that visually is where like in when wheat is in season before they do harvest and it's green, that's what it looks like. Now, when you get to the fall, like right now, you'll drive through these, like Keith Jackson describes the rolling wheat fields. And that's what it is. It's a university that's in the middle of nowhere with, within two universities actually within farming communities essentially you see tons of crops wheat fields everything else it's all farming you drive down a road and then all of a sudden literally because they they paint the crops by it 
into a wheat field and down into Pullman, and there it is. So the Palouse is more, it's always been around, it's always been agriculture and that kind of stuff. The way that um, Pullman was described to me is that there was, Eastern Washington had two big things that were happening at once. They needed somewhere to put a prison, and they needed somewhere to put a university. And the prison went to Walla Walla, and so Pullman got the university, and they just stuck a university on the hill in the middle of Washington because Pullman lost out on the correction center. There's so literally what? nothing there, though. It's just two schools there with a bunch of wheat fields around it. That's all you have. So the Palouse uh, it was originally formed by uh, – it's, it's basically um, blown – uh, volcanic ash in giant piles. Uh, and then there's some nice uh, canyons carved out by the Great Missoula Flood. Uh, it's be- very beautiful. All A lot of the those hills have now been um, converted to uh, wheat uh, wheat farmland uh, because the the soil is so, so good. And so, and then of course, along with wheat, you, you have uh, lentils and there's a national lentil festival in Pullman. Uh, so the Palouse is very, it's a lot of rolling hills, um, a lot of wheat. Uh, there is, there are some um, nice geographic features. There's Palouse Falls. So there, it's, there, there, there is some like um, old river canyons and stuff that are very pretty. Uh, the Snake River is not far from WSU. That's where, that's why WSU has a rowing team. Um, so that, so there's those areas, but when people think of the Palouse, it is those rolling wheat fields, those kind of barns, the silos, all of that stuff. When you're driving out, say from the, from the West, you're just going through this area of, of just almost nothing around occasional farm on the side, lots of rolling wheat fields, towns of towns of a couple hundred people, uh, a lot of the a lot of the the high schools around uh, they're combined two towns to make eight man football teams. Uh, that's an eight man football league around there. So it's so it's just a it's a it's a very kind of a desolate area when you're driving through. Like if it like it it it, it, it it's it's a little different. It kind of resembles areas of Kansas and and uh, Nebraska, except that there's it's a hillier. So you don't like see out into the horizon, mm-hmm. but it's just farmland forever. And and then all of a sudden you come over the hill in the Pullman and you see the university and you see a town of, you know, 30,000 people where, where like if WC wasn't there, that definitely be you know, a town that size. And then eight miles away is, is Moscow, Idaho, where the university of Idaho is. So it's a, that little area makes up a lot of the population of the area of blues. It does extend up, just south of Spokane, it is so. If, if, even if you drive from south from Spokane, you kind of see the same, the same uh, um, area. Uh, so it's, it, yeah, it, it it's definitely a um, a unique place to ha- to have a, a a major college football team, um, and uh, and that's what makes it. I think such a true college town is when you you look at Pullman. Uh, there is there's one engineering company in there but other than that the largest you know employer by far is washington state and then about two-thirds of the population is students um so it's just a very unique place um even among 
uh, college towns because it's it's such a true true college town. Like you cannot get away from the university when you're in Pullman. There's there's Coug logos everywhere. There's you know it's just all around the town. At any any store you can't you got to have a flag flying out in front, a Coug flag flying out. So um, it's it's even it's so it's. I remember even as a a student, if you'd see like other schools, you know, if you'd see like a UW logo on 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 someone's shirt, it would be like, how, how are you here? It's, which is not what, <laughs> wait, like how, because if you were in Seattle, you see Coug, you know, Coug logos everywhere. Cause that's where most of the yeah. alums live. But in UW, like, it's like, why, you know, why are you here? It's usually a grad student or something, but, um, but it, it was just such a shock. Cause it's just everyone, even, even most of the students like wear WSU stuff to class every day. Like, it's just, uh, it's just such part, like, WSU is Pullman. Pullman is WSU. It's there's there's no separating it in any way. There's not like a a side of the town that has no affiliation with the school. Like it's it's all it's all the it's all WSU and it's and it's just really you're driving through wheat fields for a couple hours and then there it is. Wide open, beautiful spaces, farm country, rolling hills. So in the summertime, it's green, green grass. And in the winter, it's just like this gorgeous snowscape. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot to get to Pullman. Um, from my house in, in Western Washington, where I grew up, it is a six hour drive. You cross a mountain pass. Once you cross that mountain pass, it's like you're in two different states. Um, it's a lot flatter out there. Um, two lane highways. And you have to go through this little city called Colfax where the cops are waiting for you if you drive (laughs) over 25 miles per hour, no Mm -hmm. doubt. So it's just, it it feels like you're transported into a place that almost doesn't feel real if you grew up in in the suburbs or the city. Right. Um, And it's just, it's beautiful. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's along a river. You can jump into the river in the summer. Um, The weather is great. There's four seasons there. And it just, there's like a crispness in the air. Fall is my favorite season there, which happens to coincide with football season. And then it's the people as well. You have this melting pot of people um, who will go coog each other for the rest of their lives. So that's the part I kind of want to dig into a little. Lots of people go to school in college towns. I went to Florida and Gainesville is a college town, but also like, it's the college is not the only thing. The university is not the only thing in Gainesville. And it's not, you know, it's an hour from Orlando. There are other cities around. What is the experience like to be a student at somewhere that is a extremely rural and isolated and B like it is the college and and there's not a whole lot more to the town besides that. Yeah. Okay. My math is going to be off. It always is when it comes to populations. I think, at least when I was there, the population of Pullman without the school is about 5,000 people. Okay. So the school, when all of the students are there, 28,000, 30,000, again, sorry, rough estimates. (laughs) But it's all about the students and and serving them. And like, it is the entire ecosystem. Um, And then I got to spend a summer there once, so nobody was there. And you see the charm of of Pullman, Mm -hmm. Um, a college town. Yeah, you're very much aware that the students sort of run things and, and, and create this uh, awesome ecosystem and buy all the beer at the grocery store. <laughs> like, um, it's really fun when there's mom's weekend, dad's weekend, because it just adds to the community type of, of feeling there. I mean, this is kind of what creates the bond and why Washington State fans have this bond that they do, because essentially you're trapped there. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, you, if you're in Seattle at the University of Washington, you're in a city. When you're in Pullman, you're in Pullman. Spokane's an hour and a half away, but you're a college kid and you don't want to drive all these places. So, you are generally there. You don't go home a lot on weekends. You're just around each other. And it creates a sense of community that way because you really don't have a ton to do. So, you go to football games on Saturday. You end up drinking and partying a lot more than you probably should because that you're in college and there's a bunch of that. But, like... It is a college town in every sense of the word. There's a joke about the sign when you come in. It says population like 27,000. And we joked that that's what it is when it's in school. It's about 2,000 when it's not. Um, but they're really like, and the city is built up a little bit more. There's an engineering laboratory on the outside and stuff like that. But it is really a city built around a school. And as the school has expanded, it's essentially taken the whole city. So the students run the city. It's always kind of an entertaining place. And you're you're just there for the college. It's not like there's some other distraction it is you're a student or a teacher or someone to do with it that's really about it is that part of why the uh, i don't know let's call them the more cosmopolitan members of the pac-12 are like we just don't want to this is just not our scene we just don't we we live in la we don't want to go do this it is like a you can now fly real planes into the airport which is nice so you can fly a 737 in but it's a place where there's one or two fancy restaurants in town. There's one hotel that's a Marriott and there's a holiday and stuff like that. But like, you're not going to have the fancy accommodations. And most people going over there are, they're towing a trailer, they're parking in an RV lot, they're camping out, they're tailgating. You know, we buy up all the hotels and stuff like that for football weekends, but it's not like a big city with amenities. You can stay in Spokane, but again, Spokane is not Los Angeles. It's not Seattle, any of that. And it's not, and it's not, it's, it's not super close either. No, it's still an hour and a half away, and it's that drive is not the most fun drive in the world. To get to Washington State, by the way, you have to take from any direction. You're going to take a one-lane road each way. It's not mm-hmm. like it's some big, busy thing, but if you're coming from Spokane, from Seattle, anywhere else, you're going to end up spending a long time on a one-lane road. They used to drive recruits from Spokane to Pullman in RVs with the windows closed so they wouldn't know where they were. <laughs> so you would just get off. You would leave in Spokane. And like Mike Price used to do this, they would get in an RV, close all the windows, drive to Pullman that hour and a half, and pop out in Pullman, so you wouldn't know what you'd seen between so the two. So you wouldn't sense like how isolated you really were. Yeah, we were just distracting you in an RV. You couldn't see out the windows, and then before you knew it, you're in Pullman, and you don't realize that you've now driven about an hour, hour and a half from Spokane through a bunch of wheat fields that are like, <laughs> it's a little bit terrifying of a drive. There's no cell service. It's really dark at night. Um, a lot of times moose and things like that will jump out in front of you. That's a yep. real, like do you get hit, you hit deer. So it is really isolated. Those are, I don't think USC fans ever have to worry about moose attacking them. <laughs> no, like there's just weird things where people come to Pullman and they're like, it really is what you say it is out here, mm-hmm. which is part of its charm though. You got to experience something different than just all the cities. There was decades up until the eighties where most most teams from California, you know, USC would play in Spokane. They wouldn't play WSU in Pullman. Uh, even UW wouldn't play WSU in Pullman. Um, and that didn't change until uh, uh, Jim Walden, a coach in the early 80s, pushed for, you know, games in Pullman. Um, and because it's, yeah, you, you have to, you're not chartering a flight into Pullman like, on a football team because the, the jet would be too big. Like, it's just, you're going to Spokane. To, so you're, you're going to Spokane and you're driving 75 miles to Pullman to go to a game. Through, no, through, through nothing. Through nothing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like it, and 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 often, you know, in late football season, basketball season, bad weather, um, mm-hmm. it's so it's just a pain. And then, yeah, we it it doesn't have this um, as you, you uh, the way you put it, a cosmopolitan large city feel to it that a lot of the universities in the, in the conference have. Um, and it's, it's just, uh, it, it doesn't have, you know, some, and then you have the, even though WCU is a, it's a R1 research university. Um, it, it's a, you know, high activity. It's a very good school, but it's, it's not an AAU school. It's not, it, it it's, it, it doesn't have like the public Ivy sort of like that UW and Cal have and UCLA. Um, so that, you know, they, I think they kind of scoff at the, the academics a bit. Um, you know, our, the, the U S news world report, whatever, you know, whoever takes that seriously, mm-hmm. a lot of them take it way too seriously. Uh, because often, you know, WSU takes its, uh, takes its, its, uh, role as a, public university very seriously and has a, and accepts a lot of people that UW doesn't accept. And, and, uh, I could go on a rant about that, but, um, but yeah, yeah, there's, there's a lot of that. Like they, 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 and then they see that they, they kind of have this belief that Pullman's or, or WSU's media market is Pullman as if as if the only people that follow WSU football live in Pullman. I do not live in Pullman. Or I live, the, yeah. I right. live 5 hours from Pullman. I, I I grew up 3 and a half hours from Pullman and that's, you know, you know 70% of WSU alums live in the Seattle metro area. And and so tip, you know, it, truthfully the WSU's media market is Seattle, but a lot of a lot of even the members in the Pac-12 they they see it as Pullman, so it's just a small town. No one watches you, whatever. And then I I've even heard some rumblings that you know WSU has put out all these. Um, hey, like WSU's uh, one of the top uh, of of the of of the ACC, Big Twelve, Pac twelve. I think WSU is like sixth in terms of uh, broadcast with over a million people watching and all that. Uh, and there was a few other stats where their their average viewers were among you know the you know the top like third or fourth in the Pac-12. So so there's data that 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 tells you that people are watching. Now I, I've heard this this kind of pushback that well that was just because of Mike Leach, and that that was the only reason. Um, but you know Mike Leach hasn't coached at Wazoo in four years, mm-hmm. and and WSU is still getting good uh, TV numbers. So it, um, I don't know if there's any truth to that. Uh, um, you know, not not that Mike Lee shouldn't help. He definitely did. You know, he definitely did. Uh, but but I, I I think WSU has a brand, and I, I know you know following you and, and 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 all your buddies for years like WSU late at night throwing the football like that like mm-hmm. I, I know people causing causing trouble causing for the trouble. like shinier members of the conference <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 like that's this kind of WSU's brand and, and, and that's kind of been nice that Dickard has embraced that too but but yeah like it's yeah WSU is just not it, it's often been seen like little brother uh, of the conference I will say we were fortunate to get equal revenue sharing in when when this uh current TV deal was was 
was agreed upon in what, like 2012, 13. Um, I did not ever see that happening, but uh, somehow WSU was able to convince. Um, and I think Bill Moose was a little bit part of that, the f- former AD who was in the AD for Nebraska. Um, and then, you know, they just pushed for equal revenue sharing. And I think that's been part of it too. You know, they're kind of mad that we have that equal revenue sharing. Um, and, but it is like, it, it obviously LA market is bigger. Obviously Bay area market is bigger. Like I'm not in, obviously UW has more fans than Wazoo. Like they're, they're uh, just, their enrollment is twice the size of Wazoo. Um, so I could see if, if WSU got a lesser share and even some of us were advocating, Hey, let's just say, we'll take a lesser share and, and stay at the cop. Obviously our, uh, our, our colleagues, you know, our colleagues at PAC 12 have been doing that just to stay at other conferences. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I do. I, 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 I know who we are. Like I, I get when they say like, oh, you guys are small school, whatever. So I'm aware of that. I just think some of it's, they, they, uh, it's overblown a bit, like to, to the point where they totally diminished WSU to being um, totally irrelevant. Whereas, you know, the football team has been in the top half of the conference for the last decade. The volleyball team has been to the, the NCAA tournament for uh, seven years in a row. Uh, the, the the soccer team went to a, a college cup uh, four years ago. Uh, the basketball team has gotten better. The the uh, the, the women's basketball team won the Pac-12 championship. Um, so there there's just all this evidence that yeah, WC is pretty good at what it does, um, and there's a lot of people watching it. Maybe we don't deserve equal rev- TV revenue to USC and Oregon, and but maybe we do deserve to be in the conference. Um, mm-hmm. And, but you know, it's whatever you get used to the, the, the talk and, and, but now it's, now it's very real, which is the difference. USC and UCLA and, and UW and like just the big city kind of schools. I think about recruiting that they have better facilities. I, mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of things that attract recruits. You have to be a certain type of recruit to go to Wazoo or to go to Oregon State, I'm assuming. Um, but I think about Clay Thompson, maybe one of the most favorite Cougs of all time. He said his favorite thing about going to Wazoo was how how organized his life was. He went to class, mm. I'm assuming. He went to class, he played <laughs> basketball, he hung out with his friends, and he didn't like having all of the shine on him. He got to be Clay. He got to be a student. So it he really got to, was, in, in the same way, you kind of got to figure out who you were. Yes. You got to figure out who he was. Yes, without a lot of pressure, without a lot of eyeballs. I mean, when he's the son of a Showtime Laker, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there's there can be a lot of stuff on there, but he just got to be Clay. Um, I don't want to compare myself to clay, but I just got, to be <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I see the shiny facilities that USC or UCLA has, you know, you, you see those tours of the locker room and you're like, wow, this is some big stuff. The Coliseum is a huge draw. Um, it's not the same in, in Pullman. So you kind of have to know what you're looking for. Um, maybe devote yourself to team or maybe just be a strange kind of recruit and say like, yeah, okay, I can do this. I don't need the attention on me. <laughs> I can do this. The other interesting thing about Washington State is it's very, very close to another college town. <laughs> yeah. And I'm curious because 
Wazoo has two football rivals, Idaho and the University of Washington, who have gone in very different directions. Idaho dropped down to FCS yeah. uh, five years ago. Washington's going to be a Big Ten team. What are these rivalries like, and and how are they how how are they like, and how are they different from one another from the Washington State perspective? All right. So, and I really don't want to be snobby here, but I recall from my time at Wazoo. We never saw Idaho as a rival. We saw them as a lesser opponent. <laughs> okay. That's rude. Sorry, Idaho. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, but they're eight, you know, it's it's eight miles away. So yeah, there was always the game, you know, the Kibbe Dome. And then Rob Akey used to be a Wazoo coach. Then he became the Idaho coach. And it was like, mm-hmm. whoa, whoa, whoa. So I, I think Idaho deserves a little bit more respect than I was giving them when, uh, <laughs> when I was a student there. But I never really saw Idaho as a rival per se, just one of those like once a year on the schedule kind of things. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, I, I, I hope that's more of a rivalry because it is fun. Um, as far as UW, The culture of Seattle, to me, somebody coming from Olympia, Washington, I had a lot of classmates in high school just go up I-5, go to Seattle, and then, yeah, come home and do laundry on the weekends. The internships were better in Seattle. Mm -hmm. I sort of felt like I missed out on that a little bit. But I wanted an experience that felt like college and like a 360, like all, all that was there was college instead of, oh, I'm in a big city, Seattle, and I happened to go to college there. So that was the difference. Um, and then because Seattle is a major metropolitan area, the Huskies got more exposure. I think that's natural. Okay. It's easier to get in and out there. That That's that's all it is. And I don't know, for some students, you don't want to make the drive. You don't want to go to a ag school. You don't want to be in farm country. I had no idea that Wazoo would be the place that I went. It was the first place I visited. I loved it. And it was my decision all the way around. I think I looked at six or seven schools, did six or seven visits. UW was one of them. They have a great communications program, but Washington State was it. When WSU and Idaho play each other, there's the standing bet of the the sports editors of each paper is that they walk to the other school. Um, but uh, but yeah, so the it's it's interesting. So it's almost like um, UW. Or WSU fans view UW in a very similar way as Idaho fans viewed their rivalry with WSU, in that UW is when it's when it's game day, like they love beating Wazoo. But there's so many UW fans that'll tell you, "Oh, we always root for you guys to win the rest of the season." And they get kind of offended when we say, I hope you lose every game that you ever play <laughs> in every sport. <laughs> and, and and the same thing with Idaho, like a lot of WSU fans uh, like to see Idaho succeed. And it was a, it, it's actually been nice, like them being in the big sky because they're actually playing well. Um, but but it was it was fun to play them. Like a lot of Idaho fans would come over and the stadium, I don't use WSU stadium to be help, to help it become an FBS team. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, like, but they, I know, like I had a good friend from high school that a lot of us went to WSU and he went to Idaho. Um, and he was just like, he hated WSU and he hates WSU. And he just like wants to, like, he just loves to see, like, he, he like, he just 
would he he would love to see us like suffer and and uh <laughs> and then you know uh when the basketball team would lose to idaho it was a big big deal you know us it's it's like WSU says you can never ever lose to Idaho. And I think UW has that same sort of mentality with WSU. You can never ever lose yeah. to WSU. We now, should be we should be better than this. Like it shouldn't yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a it, that so I think there's a similar mentality from U UW to WSU fans as there is to WSU to Idaho fans. Um and now it's like it's kind of like lesson now that uh, Idaho's down in, in the big sky. Um, we still, WC will still play them occasionally, but just kind of in the rotating big sky opponents that WC plays. Right. Um, but the, the game's still like, it's the best, what most well attended big sky opponent for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, 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 I don't almost beat WSU last year. Uh, it, but, um, and again, that was like, even that game being close was like, this is unacceptable. This cannot happen. Um, so yeah, that's. It's kind of the dichotomy, and yeah, like WSU and Idaho were in the same conference for many years, and and then when the PCC was formed, Idaho was not put in, and WSU was, and uh, and and that kind of changed that rivalry to the point where it was very lopsided. Um, it, it's even more lopsided than the UW WSU football rivalry, which is fairly lopsided. I think it's. It's a 75-25, whereas I think Idaho and WSU is more like a 95-5, 90-10 mm-hmm. scenario. Um, but, yeah, that just shows that that even that that kind of – when we think of that rivalry, UW and, or WSU and Idaho, that's the fear of, for WSU fans in if WSU continues the Apple Cup, it continues the rivalries with all and all the other sports. If WSU is in a lower conference, getting uh, a fraction of the rev, uh, media revenue, what is that football game to become? Does it become like Colorado, right. Colorado State, where it's just it's like Colorado wins nine out of ten times, and uh, and it's generally not very competitive. Although you know Colorado had some rough times recently, but before that, it was really not competitive. Um, mm-hmm. Um, does it become like that? Does it become like any – if you have rivalries where one team is is in a power conference and one team is not, they're usually not – they're very lopsided rivalries. And so that's been their sub – and I'm I'm very wary of WSU continuing the, continuing the Apple Cup if those – if those, uh, you know, if those revenues are so different because we already have a hard time beating UW in football. And and then you add in uh, an even bigger financial advantage, um, a bigger recruiting advantage. Um, that then it that that's kind of it's worrisome. There's also the the kind of joke, but if WSU wins the Apple Cup this year, cancel the series forever. Hold on to the trophy. <laughs> never give it back. I I think that's the right attitude. I love that spi- I love that spiteful approach to it. Yeah, yeah. Just it's because there's. There's this when they built the football operations building at WSU in 2012, they put in the space for the Apple Cup trophy, and it says, and it it says this is its rightful home, and WSU lost the Apple Cup in 2013, did not win the Apple Cup again until 2021, so there that that space was just empty for eight years, 
And so mm-hmm. if, if, if WSU could win the Apple Cup this year, which would be very tough, um, just get it, put it in that, put it in that trophy case and just say, no, we'll never play you again. Um, and uh, never, the Apple Cup is canceled, uh, which I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think that um, I think what well, WSU will end up playing you up, but I, I, I'm I'm very wary of it because I, I'm already okay. I'm already pretty tired of losing to UW in football. The other sports uh, are not so bad, but football is it ha- has been pretty rough lately. This is a really weird dynamic, and I think that where they are now, particularly Idaho and Washington, as they're moving, are like you can take one at each end of the spectrum. One went to FCS, one went to Big Ten, and Washington State traditionally too has been kind of right in the middle of those. We beat up on Idaho. Washington beats up on us. Washington has more money than us. We have more money than Idaho. Idaho uses our stadium because it's bigger and nicer, but also, like, there's kind of that dynamic between where Washington State's in the middle. And I think, you know, for each side, for Idaho particularly, dropping down has been really beneficial to them, and it's something that worked out for them really well. They're a top-five team right now um, and doing well that way. And Washington State is in this funky purgatory between they're not fcs and they're not fcs and programs and talents and all that but they're not wanted by a power five super conference they're what you would consider kind of that middle tier and middle class of fbs and it's a weird spot for them to be in with nowhere to go in terms of the rivalry it's angry in both ways that you don't really see the washington state and idaho rivalry um washington state particularly usually dominates it but it's a there is legitimate anger. We are down the street from them. And while they may be friends, I have it's also like, seen it's it. like a 10 minute drive, basically. Or yeah, something, it's right? 15 minutes door to door door. If you're going to go from one place like the middle of Pullman to the middle of Moscow. So it's really close. And that's resulted in some bad blood between the football teams at times. When I was there, there were some really violent fights. There was a kid who was put in the hospital because of a fight. Um, there are like there's that kind of stuff. But at the same time, they're neighbors. And so they don't really not get along the washington washington state is a you are supposed to feel this way but you're also kids that are from everywhere with those so like washington idaho kids are kind of grown up they get to beat up in each other right there washington kids are coming from california they're coming now they're a national brand so you have the historical rivalry yes you do hate each other it's ingrained in each other but it's not necessarily it's mostly an on-field thing. And a lot of these players, honestly, like especially when you get down to the other sports, they all work out with each other in the summer and hang out, the Washington and Washington State players. So it's a little bit different. But, yeah, for that one game a year, they want to beat each other. And honestly, for Washington State, like that is the thing every year. Washington will go play Oregon these next couple of weeks, and that'll be that's their other big rivalry. But for Washington mm-hmm. State, it's like if we win this game, it will make our year. If we lose this game, we are going to be very upset for a while. When I think of the Washington State fan base, this is not a group that tends to fight with each other in public, largely seems to be a unified group about most things with like, you know, the normal amount of should we fire the coach, should we bench the starting, whatever. But what are the points of like consistent internal friction for Cougars fans? Um, I mean... The the biggest one and like it's things are pretty harmonious right now, but the biggest one was everything that had to do with Nick Rolovich, and that was the thing that fractured the fan base in a lot of ways, and it split it ideologically, politically. There was you know a whole bunch of things that happened in those regards that were really messy. Before that, generally the the mess would stay in house, and 
you know, kind of the arguments were any kind of silly arguments, but that was a, a big struggle and one where, you know, it just got really nasty for a while. I think it's back to fairly normal unified. Um, we have a, you know, a comment, everyone in the fan base has something else to hate and direct their energy at right now. And it's like an easy thing to hate. You can punch up and be mad at, you know, media execs, realignment, all that. So people are kind of on that same track right now. But in terms of what fractures the fan base and everything else, it's not a ton. It's like how we should raise and spend money that we should be doing better in those ways. Um, we internally argue about like, are there better ways to get money out of fans, stuff like that? Can we, you know, do the donor things and all that better? Is there a big donor? But largely like we just like to go see athletic events and have a good time and travel around and have fun. Maybe some of the split is wanting to be a part of a huge conference or maybe saying, Hey, if this is maybe like a smaller conference, let's go dominate it. There can be that. Mm -hmm. But actually yeah. in terms of your question, the first thing I thought was just some of the cultural differences at Wazoo. Um, you know, if I meet a fellow Coug, it's like, what was your dorm? And they're like, no, I wasn't in a dorm. I did Greek life, like Greek life and non-Greek life. That's kind of the biggest divide I could think of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, no, it's all under the banner of Wazoo. <laughs> <laughs> no, the cohesion is there. I'm really, I think that's really special that you recognize that, actually. I don't think there's a lot of infighting over stuff. Uh, maybe one of the most divisive things was the dismissal of Nick Rolovich, the, yeah. the, you know, who, who didn't follow the school's rules to be vaccinated, and maybe the, the political split there that played out nationally as well. Um, but that's probably the biggest one I could think of recently. If you go about, uh, you know, before Leach was hired, there was for a long time. And, and when Leach was hired, this uh, faction that believed that Paul Wolf was about to turn the program around and we did not need to hire Mike Leach. And that was persisted for years and years and years. Um, and there was many message board fights over that. Um, <laughs> I, I'll say the, the Rolovich stuff, that was that has been I – know, I know people that do not go to the games anymore because of that. Um, and – it's not like it, it's not that prevalent like in conversation but it does pop up um and you know we get people coming at us for for you know our views on it and and that stuff has been not fun at all <laughs> um to deal with uh but i will say going back to that point that i said that there was for a long time it was like a smaller group of wsu fans that just believe WSU should be in the Mountain West, and they'll they'll instantly become like the best team in the Mountain West, and they'll dominate, mm -hmm. and WSU will win in all sports, and it'll be so fun. Um, so there was there was many discussions, you know, even writing for Kook Center, there's it'd be the same few people that would come in and be like, "Hey, we should go down." It's like they no matter what we what was going on, they say, "Hey, we we every bad loss, hey, we should go back down to the Mountain West." Whatever you know, so that that's that's been um, an issue. Um, other than that, uh, I think largely, you know, across any sort of political spectrum or anything, um, WC fans. There's there is a fairly unified culture of, um, you know, the the party culture that you know the. Uh, I, I'll tell you the the most red thing I ever wrote on Cook Center was when. Um, uh, uh, WSU fans went to Auburn and drank one a bar dry, and and for yes, many times I, I remember this. Yes, 
Yeah, so at any time we would, and there was, before that it was WC drinking to play and dry. And like, so that there's always, WC fans are quite proud of, of that. And then, you know, the, the chugging fireball guy, every, every, that mm-hmm. became like, just every WSU tailgate has fireball now. Like it's just, it's not even like a unique to WSU thing, but they've kind of just embraced it. Um, yeah, but there's a lot of WSU culture. There's this song that we have that no one else even knows about called Back Home by Andy Grammer that they play it in the stadium and we play it at the bars and everyone sings and, 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 and that's, that, that's a, that's a weird thing, but it doesn't matter who you are as a Coug fan. You sing that song, even if you think it's a cringe song, you sing that song. Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of WSU fans that that, that that there's a lot of you, that underdog culture persists. There's there's no one that I, I don't know any WSU fans that think that WSU is like a, like a the top, the, the cream of the crop, the the elite. Um, we all WSU fans kind of endorse that that underdog vibe, and, and so there is unification there. There's been certain issues obviously every 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 program football coaches are huge like uh, hot, uh, hot, hot topics, topics. Yes. yeah like sure. so yeah but other than that yeah i think the the culture is pretty unified we all went that we all lived in Pullman. we all had that experience of four years in the palouse you know and, and and we draw back to that that's kind of how you connect with someone and you, you walk through the airport Someone's wearing a Coug gear. You say "Go Cougs!" No matter where you are, all that stuff. People get very mad. Like there's a there's this particularly, uh, I not it's a silly Facebook group with a lot of Coug fans, and one of the most common posts is people complaining that they say "Go Cougs," and the person did not say it back, and they were wearing a <laughs> WSU hat, and and WSU is not like a T-shirt fan base, right? There, there's not right, the, right. like like people like. So usually we assume that you went to WSU, you have family that went to WSU, whatever. Yep. Um, so so people will get offended if you don't say go Cougs back. So if you're ever wearing a, a WSU shirt and you don't say go Cougs back, you're going to get a side eye. Um, but uh, yeah, that's so, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think pretty unified cultures. Um, there's there's definitely there have been some things, especially recently with Rolovich that have uh, have been an issue. But a lot of the people that that are closely connected have stuck around and they and they they have that same um that same sort of uh tie to the university and and um just that belief that we're we're here to have fun and, and, like almost above all else like going to Pullman going to football games it's about having fun and, and then the football game it, maybe that'll impact your mood but like you're still going to you're still gonna go, go to the tailgates, go to the Coug, go to wherever, and, and it's about a good time. And that's 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 why people. That's you know a lot of alums go back to the to the university. That's a big thing. Is people will not go back for years because you know you live in Seattle and it's a five hour drive and the hotel's four hundred dollars a night. You're not gonna go back. Um, and so you know when people go back, it's more of like like my wife doesn't care about. Uh, sports but she loves going back to pullman because she likes she likes the the good time and she likes walking around and seeing all the sites and all that and i think most the vast majority of wsu alums kind of have that same feeling of pullman and of wazoo and that connection they will have who is the most wazoo player 
in school history? I, I would be a cutoff at like 2003 when I was a freshman. So I'm not gonna mm-hmm. I'm not gonna talk about anyone before that, but I'm probably gonna go with Gabe Marks. Okay. Um, now, it's it's not Gabe Marks was a highly recruited player, so that that's not your typical Wazoo player, but uh, he embraced like the underdog mentality and just he loved taking shots at the big uh, bigger universities. Um, he just he just embodied like what a lot of Coug fans felt a lot. And then the second I would say Clay Thompson. Um, mm-hmm. So it's so like just Clay Thompson's like whole attitude and vibe. <laughs> uh, I, he he loves he. I don't think people understand how much he loves Wazoo. Like he like he he brought Steph Curry back to Wazoo for his jersey retirement for a basketball game. <laughs> Um, he loves Wazoo. He came, he came back for a football game uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's he's a big fan. But but when when he was at the school, Gabe Marks, he's a wide receiver uh, under Leach. He just he just uh, he just did not care. Like he he did not care about. Um, he he felt like he knew he had to scrape and fight, and, and he was kind of undersized. He was like a six foot wide five eleven six foot wide receiver, um, and he he just. He just, they they would let him talk at, at, at in media time, and he would say like, he famously he called out UCLA for uh, trying to uh, walk on WSU's side of the field during warmups, and then called them out for being uh, soft. They're from Westwood, and they wear baby blue, and <laughs> and 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 they, and they feel insecure about that, and so they got to act tough and all this stuff. So he he definitely like a, a lot of Coug fans really. Uh, really connected with the things he would say. And, and so, yeah, like if for football, I'm definitely going Gabe Barks. The easy one is um, it's still Ryan Leaf because he's been mm-hmm. such a roller coaster and you can go up, down, left, right. And he has led the team to the highest highs. He's been personally the lowest lows and it's kind of up and down and you never know what you're going to get in that way. Um, from, from my own time and level, it's, probably well it's probably someone like connor holiday the other like mm-hmm. he, connor was a guy who um you know local kid like very well loved would lay everything out there for him played with a, a lacerated liver and like took the team in a dark time when it was pretty bad and kind of helped transition it through and he was always just kind of the gritty underdog dude from um spokane and so i always enjoyed watching him and and how he played um and i'm mostly thinking of football players but yeah those two ryan leaf being an emotional roller coaster which washington state football is you never know and washington state sports in general you kind of never know and if there is a high you feel like it's going to get lower and then someone who's an underdog who's just like out of hell with it we're just gonna we're gonna wing around and see if we can win (laughs) it's absolutely clay thompson (laughs) yes or i mean you could look at steve gleason the inspiration there i mean football star Jeez, it's Clay Thompson. What is, the, what is it about Clay that makes him uniquely wazoo, in your opinion? Clay Thompson is an under the radar type of guy, which is amazing considering the job he has and who he plays for. But his life boils down to very simple things right now basketball and his dog. That's it. Clay just <laughs> wants to be Clay. And he got to be who he was without a lot of spotlight at wazoo. So. 
Clay Thompson is the, <laughs> he is, he is the kook. There's somebody that's not polarizing at all. He is beloved by all Washington State University people, as he should be. He deserves it. For me, Washington State exemplifies what makes college sports special. It's off the beaten path. It's got an undeniable college feel to it. And it really runs the gamut in terms of success. Like, take football. The Cougs went from 10 wins in 2003 to 1 win in 2009, and then got back to 9 wins by 2015. Wazoo is maybe more than any other team, proof that you don't have to be the richest or the closest to recruits to succeed. If this ag school near the Washington-Idaho border, without a ton of money compared to its peers, can make it to multiple Rose Bowls, well, kind of feels like any program in this sport can achieve something special. And if college football doesn't have room for the Washington States, it's just not as weird and interesting as it could be, and they're definitely going to stop sharing their cheese with us. Thank you again to Kareth, Craig, and Brian for joining me on this episode, and to producer Michael Serber for his excellent work cutting it all together. Thanks to you for listening. We're approaching the end of season one of We're Not All Like This, and we really appreciate your support so far. And we're going to test that support next week by talking about a college football program some people have said shouldn't even exist, the Yukon Huskies.